to meet you. It's almost time. Just going to click that little button. Got it. Nice. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, Sunday is a perfect day for a success story, and everyone loves a success story because I think that shows that you too can be successful. You know, if you're, this might be the first video you're coming to with me, and people that know my story know that I struggled with weight and obesity for the first 52 years of my life, losing 60 pounds and keeping it off for 10 years now, but you know, just because one person can do it doesn't mean everyone can do it. But when you see example after example of people that are doing it, it really can inspire people to know that no matter how long or how deeply you've suffered, there is hope. You know, I was thinking earlier today when I was listening to a book and they were talking about how at one point in human history, nobody was able to run a four minute mile, like that was impossible. And then all of a sudden when Roger Bannister ran a four minute mile, all of a sudden, everybody realized it was possible. And now people do it all the time. Well, I think the same is true for weight loss. It's You have to just kind of be committed, stay in the conversation and never give up. We have someone today named Donna who has lost 60 pounds and counting, but also the need for acid reflux medication. And one of the things we like to talk about is that, you know, when you eat the diet that's going to get you healthy. That is the diet that's going to help you to lose weight. They go hand in hand. It's not one or the other. And you're going to hear a very inspiring story from Donna. Please welcome her to the show. It's so nice to meet you. Same here, Chef AJ. I am just so thrilled to be here. You talk about the success stories and I can't thank you enough for having so many of them out there. Um, they've been so inspirational for me. I can only hope that I can inspire someone else too along this path. I, I think you can and love your hair, by the way. It's adorable. I love, I'm a short hair girl myself. And, you know, I, I was thinking that next year, instead of the Truth About Weight Loss Summit, which I've hosted the last five years, to just do the success stories, because even though the doctors are wonderful, you know, the information on or the science of weight loss really hasn't changed that much in the last five years. But I think when people see people who look like them, that, that their age, that have, you know, similar circumstances, I think it really gets people excited and inspired that maybe they could give it one more try. Absolutely. And I did put together some thoughts. Um, do you want me to go ahead and share my screen? I would love it because I love, you know, a lot of times the doctors go, you want me to do a PowerPoint? And I'm like, yeah, because I'll pay more attention. <laughs> <laughs> I love slides. I don't know. It's the student in me. There, there you go. And for me, it's just, it will help keep me on track. I'm happy to answer any questions. Um, but when we were connecting about sharing my story, I did some reflecting on how did I get here? Um, let me just go here. Um, so, you know, when we first start first started reflecting, I was thinking about my childhood um, and I didn't find a baby picture. I think here I'm probably about three or four. And um, I wasn't necessarily uh, an overweight child, um, but I wasn't really super skinny. Um, in terms of my childhood and ethnic background, um, my dad is Italian. I have great memories, big a family. Um, my grandmother making homemade breads and pastas and just big, huge family gatherings. Um, so there was, you know, food and, and gatherings were certainly part of our life. And then I really didn't think about my weight so much. On the right-hand side, you can see a picture of me from high school. And um, you can tell it's the 80s, the feathered back hair. I love um, their hair. Isn't that great? Um, and so, you know, Jane Fonda was big, if you remember, and, you know, the flat stomachs and all of that. So I, you know, the high school is when I started kind of thinking about my weight. Um, and then, you know, 
I went away to college, gained the freshman 15. Um, I was pretty active in mountain biking and road cycling. So exercise probably helped mitigate some of that. Went to work for a few years, was doing some traveling. And so there's a lot more restaurant food that was introduced. Um, did some graduate work, got married, life happened, and my weight started going up and down. Um, prior to um, starting with Weight Watchers, which happened right after graduate school, a coworker suggested it. You know, I had done some things like Dexatrim. I don't even know if that's on the market anymore. Um, I remember diet, that. Um, the cabbage soup diet. Um, you know, there were times I, you know, high points, I would just have that conversation with myself. Why can't I just be happy at the weight that I'm at? And clearly I wasn't happy. Um, you know, I did the restricting and counting calories and really until coming to this program, even though um, technically I knew I couldn't outrun my diet with exercise, I really figured it out with eating this way. Um, Weight Watchers, I, you know, it's actually been good in some respects because it kept track of my weight journey as I, you know, jumped on and jumped off. Um, Whole30, I look, what I learned from there is just how insidious sugar is in everything. Um, so there, you know, I did learn things and quite frankly, I could be successful on each of these um, for a hot minute. Weight Watchers, we call it hitting your, you know, your lifetime goal or your, your goal weight. And I'd be there for like a hot minute and then my weight would skyrocket back up because I just couldn't sustain the process that I was in. Um, and then in December of uh, probably 2020, you know, you get to the end of the year, you start thinking about goals for the upcoming year. And I was thinking about what was successful. And my last stint with Weight Watchers, I had um, kind of stumbled onto the vegan vegetarian lifestyle. And um, I had, a, and I lost quite a bit of weight again, I got down to kind of getting close to where I wanted to be. And then I had a job change, gained some of it back, and then COVID hit, and I hit, you know, I gained the rest of it back. So when I started reflecting on what am I going to do for this upcoming year, um, I don't know how it happened, Chef AJ, but one of your emails ended up in my inbox, and that's how I started with um, your program. And this is what I would say is my current um, diet lifestyle principles. Um, I will say from the get-go, I am not Chef AJ perfect in my process and um so I am vegan. I rarely eat anything that's processed. Um, I do start every day veggies for breakfast. That's pretty much a non-negotiable. Um, this morning, and I go on do different things. This morning was zucchini. I'm on a zucchini kick right now. Um, I do sequence my foods. So generally, that means going from the least calorie dense, like my veggies. Um, and then I'll have my starch. So I always try to fill up on my veggies first and then get to my starches. I am generally sofas free. And I do want to put the caveat in here. Unfortunately for me, I wasn't able to rip off the Band-Aid. I know some folks, they um, see your principles and they're able to just adopt them 100% and um, go from there. For me, I needed to rip the Band-Aid off. Sugar and flour were pretty e were easy for me because I had already kind of addressed that in the past. So I understood um, how they impacted me. Um, with regards to oil, oil was in, I mean, I'm Italian. Oil was in everything that I made. Um, and I just started titrating back in my cooking. 
um, until I got to the point I was, you know, I was putting so little in, what was the point of using it? Um, so that's kind of how I started eliminating things. I am a continuous learner, relearner. Um, I've done your programs over and over. You have the reboot coming up. That'll be, the, I believe, the fourth time that I've done it. I just love the, you know, the forum. We uh, receive information daily. There's a forum that you can connect with folks that are like-minded or learning. They're so excited. People are asking questions I haven't thought of and um, causes me to rethink things. And depending on where I am in my journey, I'm hearing a message that um, either is being reinforced um, or maybe has bubbled down and now I'm bubbling it back up. I generally try to eat with a time-restricted eating window um, within uh, 12 hours. I do sometimes try to titrate that down um, and it really depends on my bandwidth and where I am in, in life, um, how much I can titrate that down. Um, movement. I'm a big believer in movement. John Pierre talks about just sneaking movement in. Um, I've always been a big walker. Um, so pretty much every day includes a walk. And I'll be quite frank, the, my first 50 pounds, I didn't really make any changes in my movement. Um, it really has to do with the food. And I would say the last component, and this may be age related, I'm not sure, um, and that's just giving myself grace when I do have slips and slides, my diet's not perfect, giving myself grace really gives me the opportunity to kind of step back and reflect on what may be causing a slip or slide and what I can do to get back on the wagon. My whys, this was, um, for some folks, the, this is an easy thing for them to figure out. And what was helpful for me is that in one of one of the recommendations was is as we're trying to figure out our why, why are we doing this? Why do we want to lose weight? When you come up with your why, just keep asking yourself why, kind of like that toddler that's why, 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 why. And that really helped me to drill down and understand my whys. And um, is interesting the amount of shame you know I consider myself a fairly intelligent woman and I have a lot of shame around my weight and the fact that it's you know jumped up and down over the years and it doesn't seem like rocket science how come you know I just couldn't get this under control and then early death my uh, grandfather on um, my maternal side he had a heart attack I remember my grandmother I was with her and um she was, she was making changes to his diet, which was instead of frying a hamburger on the stove, it was baking it in the oven. I don't know how that made that better. Um, <laughs> I mean, come on. Funny. So, um, so he had um, subsequent heart attacks. So clearly the hamburgers did not help. Um, and he died in his, I believe his mid sixties. And uh, my mom passed away. Actually, I'm going to be 54 this year. That was the age that she passed away. Um, so clearly I have some genetics that are not working in my favor. And I know that my, my weight and my lifestyle and what I eat can either turn on or turn off certain um, components in my genetics. And there's certain things that I don't want to turn on clearly. Um, as I've navigated this process and I've been eating this way for a little over two years now, there are some mantras for me that I have to repeat um, and that help keep me um, on track. 
And when I first started um, looking at your eating plan and, and working through the eating plan, I was also, cause it's vegan. So essentially it's vegan. And I was looking at some other folks and what were the, you know, everybody has a slight variation. And at one point someone said, just follow this plan. Just, just follow this plan for 30 days. It's only 30 days. And that was the best advice I had because it really helped to cap, cut out all the other noise. And I just focused on one plan. Um, and then I could really understand what was working and what wasn't working. Um, I also eat, as you call to the left of the red line. Um, when I started eating this way, I'll, I'll be, be quite frank, one of the things that attracted me to this way of eating was the fact that I could eat as much as I wanted. I consider myself a volume eater. So eating to the left of the red line was a no brainer. And it was such an improvement in my eating style and what I was eating that I could eat as much as I wanted. As long as I ate to the left of the red line, um, I didn't worry about it. As long as it was to the left of the red line, if other folks were having snacks or there are things that were distracting, if I was eating something to the left of the red line, I was, I'm perfectly happy with that and content with that. So that is one mantra that I repeat over and over. And then I talk about peeling the layers of the onion for me, you know, the sofas as I tried to dig through and really understand how they were in my life and in my food. Um, trying to let just peel back. I, again, I couldn't rip the entire bandaid off and, and go, all, all in. I just kind of peeled things back and, and did them one step at a time. And I kept it in the mantra um, that I've heard you say, which is good, better, best. Um, I have a chip that I love and uh, I can't eat just one. Um, it is kettle cooked and uh, it's just the potato and the oil. And um, in the thought process of good, better, best, I started titrating them down and then I didn't have them in the, in the house. Um, and as an, a substitute, I had air pop popcorn. So was that a great choice? It wasn't the best choice, but it was definitely better than eating chips. And then I was able to titrate down the popcorn and then um, not have any chips or any popcorn. One other mantra I have is just know thyself and what our triggers are. And as I connect with other folks in this space, you know, there's some things that are triggers for them that are not triggers for me. Um, there's some things that are triggers for me um, that don't trigger them. So I really, I try to be mindful of that and knowing that if it's in my house, it's in my mouth. <laughs> um, I also, you know, a, a really interesting thing that I did figure out was that we do a lot of entertaining and I love to be a great host. I'm Italian. I love for everybody to eat and be full and happy and never to have, you know, never to be without. And so we, I was buying all sorts of snacks for the house and it turns out I was eating them. Yeah. And so then, you know, that, it, it, so I made the change or made the decision. I do not purchase snacks. I do not purchase snacks for the house. And when guests come, they're always asking, what can I bring? What can I bring? And I just let them know, I don't have snacks. So if there's anything in particular that you want, um, you'll want to bring it. And then when they leave, if there's any leftovers, it goes with them. And if they say, oh, no, I don't want that. I, I just let them know that if they don't take it with them, that's fine. I'm going to throw it out. 
and I will throw it out right when they're there. So that helps to get it out of the house or in the trash. And one of the things that you have said over and over, Chef AJ, is to do the least restrictive program you can do to get the results that you want. So for me in processing and, and getting to where I am today, that meant that I was really focused on eating the way I plan on eating for the rest of my life. So as I titrated things down, I had to process in my brain that if I follow all of the F Chef AJ principles and rip the Band-Aid off, I'm going to get the fastest results. Um, but for me, I also can get caught in the, hype, in the ego trap. Um, so my approach was to try to titrate things down. Um, and as I was desiring to lose more, as I got to, you know, got stuck, then I could choose to type or choose to be happy with where I am. I also focused a lot on the process. And this was, you know, a lot of this came from Dr. Lyle, who has such great words of wisdom. Um, being a hyper-conscientious nutcase, it was hard for me to suggest that I was going to shoot for only 80%. Um, but essentially what he was saying is if you, if you just continue to focus on the process, um, the results will come. And I wasn't work looking for perfect. So I wasn't looking for perfection in anything. Um, and as he would suggest, just do experiments. So going back to the chips and trying to get rid of them, um, I did experiments and whether it was choosing 21 days or 14 days, it was just choosing a time period to go without them. Um, and how did I feel and, and working through that process. And then when I got through the seven days or the 14 days or the 21 days, I could make the decision, do I want that back in my life or can I extend um, that experiment? So experiments were great. And then focusing on the process was really helpful for me. I also realized I wasn't chewing all of my food. Um, and, uh, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, foods from the sad diet, we don't really have to chew, um, but switching to, you know, vegetables and um, it, make, it has made me more conscious of the food that's going into my life. I do have some pictures of food. Um, I keep things really, really simple. Um, and I, I find that the more simple I keep things, the the better food tastes to me, which I love my food. Um, and as I've navigated this process, just understanding with regards to food addiction and just kind of, you know, I've always been on this weight journey, it seems like that relapsing is part of recovery. And if I can embrace that with grace, it really helps me kind of move along on the path that I want to be on. And I know you encourage us to have a clean environment and um, I strive for a clean environment. And quite frankly, when I think about it, my environment, um, there's the physical environment, what's in my refrigerator, what's in my cabinets. And there's also kind of like my mental environment. In terms of my physical environment, I live in a mixed household, which means there are other people in this house that do not eat the way um, that I currently choose to eat. So that means there's other foods in my environment that um, I, I buy things that I, I don't buy things that I like. Um, they buy things that they prefer. And then I prefer um, in the refrigerator. Things are um, in my line of sight when I open it up. I don't see um, trigger foods. And um, 
I, while I'm not able to draw that line about having a totally clean environment, it's because I have, I have more agreeable personality. And also my spouse has been so supportive of all my food preferences throughout the years. Um, and even though I feel that I've discovered the right way of eating for me, and that would be most um, healthful for him. Um, it's not a path that he chooses right now. And I, I do strive to respect that. And he respects my choices too. Um, in terms of the mental environment, I, I, there's no one near me or in my world that eats the way that I do in terms of my close environment and friends. Everyone is super supportive of how I eat. Um, so how I fill my brain is Chef AJ. I listen to your YouTubes. I, you're, you're on the, I'm on the East Coast. You're on the Pacific Coast. So I can't often be there live, but I'm so grateful to be able to, to do the replay. So my environment is both physical and mental. I just try to fill my brain as much as I can um, with folks that eat this way. And some of that also is um, just participating in some forums and groups so that if I do go off the rails, I can have a conversation with someone who understands eating this way. Pools in the kitchen. Um, I'm a skeptic. So um, initially folks were so excited about different tools. I had no interest in buying anything at all. And I did not. Um, I started for months eating this way. The, the, I just use the tools that I had in the kitchen. You can see a picture of my fry pan that I used this morning um, for my zucchini and then my cutting boards and knives. And, and those were, you know, for cutting up my vegetables, it was really very basic. And then at some point I jumped on the bandwagon. I did buy a large instant pot so that I could uh, make some of Chef AJ's recipes and soups and, and that those were life-changing. Um, and then I bought the little instant pot because I, I do a lot of traveling. Um, and so then I just use that to kind of, you know, travel. I, I took it through the airport to see what that experience would, would be like a couple of times. And that was different every single time. Um, I've taken it on road trips. Um, and then my Breville, um, that was, you know, I waited quite a while to purchase that because that was a big purchase. And um, I love my Breville. If it gets used once a day, it probably gets used five or six times a day. Um, not only does it air fry, it bakes, it roasts, it, it toasts, it does um, everything. So that is um, a staple now. Um, California balsamics, I have listed here. Again, they're, they're expensive. Um, and I did not jump on the bandwagon right away. Um, but I'll tell you, they were, they are life-changing and they're a staple for me now as well. I love the fact that they have what I call savory flavors as well as the flavors for the salad, for what I call salads. Um, I'll eat the same thing over and over. If I have like rice and broccoli, um, one day, if I have it with a curry, it's like I'm having Indian. And then the next day I can have it with the teriyaki flavor. Um, so my, my food can stay the same. And then I just have different flavors and the same thing with my salads, just to try to change things up and, and get variety. There's there, the flavors are just so good and helps to provide some variety for me. Um, and then of course my fridge freezer and oven oven. So these are some great tools. I mentioned that I do do quite a bit of traveling, um, some overnights and some day trips. I live pretty remotely, so it takes me about an hour to get anywhere. And I will tell you the best thing that, the best advice that 
had been given was just always be prepared for every trip. I, you know, pimping uh, potato in my purse. I always have, no matter when I head out the house, my poor husband, he knows I'm going to have a bag of goodies. And even friends know when we go out, um, we went to Tennessee and we went out and I had potatoes in my purse. And so uh, they, and I had enough to share too. I will, when I bring food, um, Chef AJ, you've given the tip of always bring extra. I always have food for two times the length of the trip. Um, and what I've learned is when I get home, if I don't have something necessarily ready in the refrigerator, I have leftovers in my bag from what I've brought with me for the day. Um, so I'm always ready to go. I do, for folks that travel, um, posting in groups for ideas is just such a great idea because everybody's always coming up with tips and tricks. Um, one tip that I use is you just using frozen soup for freezer blocks. So I don't have to carry as much um, when I come back and um, traveling out of town grocery stores. I'm always finding a grocery store nearby, um, but, and I haven't used instant cart yet, but folks have recommended, you know, when you get somewhere instant cart can just deliver it to you. So how cool is that? Um, I will travel with different tools and I'll be quite honest with you. When I first started traveling with food, it seems so overwhelming, but just as I've done it over and over again, um, I've been able to pare things down um, and really become more efficient in my travel. I did ha do have some pictures of what I eat in a day. Um, and here's some examples. Uh, again, I eat very simply. You can see in the top right-hand corner, those are um, roasted red peppers. I, I believe in changing the world one bite at a time. I have five households that are now making these. They are just, <laughs> they're so good. It's like eating candy. Um, and then I just have my steamed broccoli and rice. Um, I'll dribble some California balsamic over it. And then in the bottom corner, just some roasted or air fried potatoes with homemade ketchup or barbecue sauce which Chef AJ is so easy as you just like a little bit of tomato paste and some balsamic vinegar and I'll throw in some onion powder or some other spices um, and I can get different flavors. Here again in the top right-hand corner is Chef AJ's red lentil chili. You can see I'm getting my veggies in for the day. I literally, I just throw them in a pan and steam them. Um, it's quick and easy for me. I love my starches. So you can see I've got my potatoes in here and you'll see, I kind of go on a jag. I here in this series, I was going crazy over Brussels sprouts. I just love Brussels sprouts um, and some roasted zucchini. Um, and I was doing some traveling. You can see in the top right-hand corner, um, that container uh, that looks a little brown, has some brown in it, really is mustard. And then I dump in some balsamic vinegar um, when most of the mustard, half the mustard is gone and I just shake it up and then it's ready to go for travel or I can put it in the fridge um, and it's ready to rock and roll. And I can just pour it over uh, my vegetables. Up in the right-hand corner, I think is one of the bisque recipes. So I'll have those ready to go. And um, they make such big batches. You just throw some in containers in the freezer. And then I have variety. I can just pull them out whenever I want. Um, here I was traveling. So I was grabbing some bananas on the go. Um, I had brought with me, I had air fried some mushrooms in the bottom corner. And then I'm gonna have my Brussels sprouts. They're so easy. I had seen them in advance. 
um, and brought my mustard. In the bottom right-hand corner, this picture does not do it justice. Um, sometimes I have to do some restaurant eating and this restaurant nailed it with a salad. It was huge and delicious and amazing and fresh. Um, and I was so excited to have that experience. That is not always the case in restaurant eating. Um, Chef AG, as you say, sometimes restaurant eating is a punishment and it took me a while to figure that out. And you're so right. Um, here again, I'm traveling. You can see I've got Brussels sprouts and my mustard in the container, some of my travel um, cooler bags at the bottom. Um, so I'm not traveling with a cooler. I just have my cooler bags and um, ice blocks or, or my soup, frozen soup. Here at the top, you know, again, simple. I have, you know, red onion and cucumber. How amazing is that? Throw some balsamic on there um, and it gives me some variety. Um, so again, I had made a mushroom soup that's down here. And then I was into one of the bisques too. So I get a lot of food. Um, here's another picture, just keeping it simple. Carrots and celery um, on the right-hand top corner. Um, that's a nutmeg notebook, um, lentil shepherd's pie, just absolutely delicious and easy to make. So again, I keep things easy and simple. You can see I, I don't shy away from my starches at all. Sometimes I might be a little starch heavy, love my starches, but my rices I make in the instant pot. Um, they're, it's easy um, and super yummy. So benefits of eating this way, um, I, I, the one thing that amazed me was for over 25 years, I've been taking acid reflux medication and the doctors would always say, lose, you know, lose some weight and then you'll be able to come off the medication. And as I said, my weight would dip down. I would try to get off the medication and it just, it wouldn't happen. It couldn't happen. Eating this way, I think it was, it might've been three months no more than six months and I was able to get off the medication. So I hadn't even lost all the weight and I was off the medication. I was just so, that was just made me so happy. Um, and then as I was thinking about the benefits of eating this way, you know, I kind of, you know, put the bow around it at the bottom, how exciting I can wear my engagement ring and my wedding rings again. And I hadn't worn them for years. I wouldn't resize them. Um, so I was, you know, super excited to be able to be able to wear my wedding rings again. And, you know, the one thing as I was reflecting on, as I came up with this list, you know, what's not listed, the first thing that maybe why I joined the program or, or started doing it was for weight loss. But when it came to making the list a couple of years later of, you know, eating this way, weight loss wasn't on here. So while I'm still on my journey and I believe I have some more weight to lose, um, there's so many great benefits of being out, uh, eating this way that um, weight loss really is just a side benefit. Here's some pictures of me and, and I'll be quite honest with you. It's very difficult to share these publicly. Um, and you can see my weight was going up and down. The middle pictures are Thanksgiving pictures. So I had this jacket or shacket, you would call it nowadays, that was my Thanksgiving jacket that really was to cover um, all the weight that I was gaining. And, and clearly in 2008, I was a hot mess that it was definitely hot in the house, must be from, you know, all the food cooking. Um, and then uh, the picture on the right was taken in February. 
Um, I haven't updated my pictures. I've been, um, I've been actually training. I've completed two half marathons this year. So I've been a, a little busy, um, but these were uh, my previous pictures. And, you know, and this is the, these are hard for me to look at too. On the left-hand side, that's um, from my driver's license when it got renewed. Um, and then looking now, February, 2023. What a difference. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, when I go back and I look, I look on the left and I think to myself how swollen I am um, and just, you know, and, and carrying a lot of weight too. Um, so, you know, back in 2011, and I have to say I, I lost like 10 years of pictures. So there's a 10 year gap. I don't have pictures. And quite frankly, I was always the person taking pictures. I made it a point of not being in a picture or hiding myself um, so that I wouldn't be in a picture. So um, there weren't a lot of pictures to choose from, um, but I'm, you know, much happier where I am right now. And, you know, where do I go from here? This is me uh, climbing a rock wall. And my goal is to, you know, get up there and ring that bell. And I'm confident that I will, I'll make it, I will make it there. I don't know how long it's going to take me, but I'm going to get up there and ring the bell. And, um, for anyone out there that's considering um, this lifestyle or just even trying eating this way, um, you know, where you go from here, I, you know, I, I'm a big believer that the best is yet to come. I really believe that I'm living my best life right now. Um, and, you know, I'm 60 pounds lighter related to that. I do believe that life is a journey. So I have the road on um, the right-hand side there because we, I do have my ups and downs. My diet is not perfect. Um, I do have relapses. And then, you know, I try to really think about them as experiments and what I can do to take a look at that uh, to make adjustments moving forward. So, so that kind of sums things up, kind of where I started in my childhood and where I am now. Well, you have come a long way, baby. Well, thank you. Thank you for helping bring me along this way and introducing this way of eating. Wow. You know, Donna, if you, let me, uh, if you I'm gonna stop me, it. sure. Yeah. Where did I go? There we go. If, if you send me one of those photos, I can make it the thumbnail, the ones either of the license picture or the different years. Okay. I can do that. Yeah. I mean, what a difference. Yes. I, um, I just, I feel so much better. And, you know, I, you know, we talk about food giving us brain fog, you know, it's amazing. I think when you come out of that, um, yes, yeah, so I'm in a much better, I feel much better now. Well, what, what's, you had so many things that I want to comment on. Well, first of all, I love that you love the Breville and California balsamic because I say like, I don't get, I don't get a penny from Breville. They don't even answer their phone or their email <laughs> some questions but it you know I know something like the Breville is, a, is an expensive purchase but I mean once you have it you can't live without it I, you know I so agree and I am totally the skeptic and um you know waited for a sale and a coupon and all of those good things and you know once I made the investment and started using it like I said my I probably use it four or five times a day so it's it's really a, a great tool 
you know, that once I got the Breville, I just stopped using my oven. I don't even use my oven to cook anymore. I mean, once a year, maybe on Thanksgiving when I have a lot going right. on, I just use it for everything. It bakes, it roasts, it dehydrates, it proofs yeast, it makes pizza, it's a toaster. I mean, yeah, it's like about $400, but my gosh, it's lasted for years and it's just phenomenal. Yeah. And you can see mine's like right back there. It's not totally clean. So don't look too close. I think I might've exploded a potato in there. (laughs) And it's not as big as people would think. You know what I love the most about the Breville? Tell me if you agree. Well, I don't know how hot it is where you live, but it's, I've always lived places that are really hot. And when you put on your regular oven, it heats up the whole house. The Breville doesn't do that. And plus a regular oven takes so long to preheat the Breville just like that. But the best part is you just put the time on and it shuts off. Ovens don't do that. Well, you're right. It does turn off. So it's great. So I can go out for a walk. I can go outside and do things and then just set the timer on the Breville, whether I'm um, batch cooking, roasting, you know, a bunch of potatoes or whatever I'm doing, the time just shuts off automatically. So um, it is a great tool. I can be cooking while I'm doing other things, multitasking. Yeah. Um, there's a live viewer that says, how do you clean the tray? Our tray is so gross. I'm concerned it's not safe. I just take the metal tray out and I just soak it in warm, soapy water and scrub it. I'm actually, I didn't realize it's so easy to pull out. The first time I pulled it out because I had so much gunk down there. It's, it's actually pretty amazing how nicely it cleans off. Um, I was surprised with that, but it, I didn't realize that that tray was there until I was fiddling around with it. Mm-hmm. So you might just have to dig down and, and find it and realize it pulls out. Yeah, absolutely. And people are saying, which model do we have? You have the air fryer, the, the pro, the oven, the pro, right? I didn't get the one. I, I didn't spend enough time researching. Mine does not dehydrate. Um, so I don't think I have the, the most top of the line one, but it does everything that I need it to. So if I want the next one, which probably a b- bunch of years, because this should last quite a quite a while. Um, I will look into getting the dehydrated one, but I don't eat a lot of dehydrated food generally because they're so calorically dense. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Right. And I, I, I have the Excalibur dehydrator and I only eat dehydrated food when I travel. I've never even used the dehydrator on my Breville, so I can't even comment on that. Yeah. So I love how you said that you lost 50 of the 60 pounds without any exercise. And that's important because people need to know it's the food. It, it it was, you know, I, again, I, I think of myself as fairly intelligent, but I don't know what it was with eating this way that it really just clicked with me that it's, you can't exercise is a help and activity is a help and, and it helps with a lot of things. Um, it's, but it's not going to help me to lose 50 pounds. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned California balsamics and they're expensive. They often have specials during the year. You always get two free samples with putting my name in the box. But what I've done also with California balsamics is um, like I'll add maybe just a little bit of lemon juice or lime juice to a flavor. And it's because, you know, I find it almost too, I I agree with you. The savory flavors are why they're a game changer because other companies have, you know, the peach and the, you know, all the, all the fruity flavors, the lemon, which are good. And that's how I discovered them because I wanted things that weren't sweet. So they've got the teriyaki, the Gilroy garlic, the blazing habanero, the oh, sweet heat, the, the smoked uh, the smoked hickory. And that's what I love about them. But with the other flavors, like if I'm using it for salad dressing, it's, it's almost too sweet. So I just put a little right. bit of lime juice or lime juice, 50-50, and then it lasts longer. I, I agree 100%. I use the, um, the smoked hickory 
just about all the time making my homemade barbecue sauce. And I will thin that out with um, a really nice balsamic vinegar. Um, so I, I do the same thing. I try to stretch yeah. them out. And I, and I do keep track to, to your point. I was ordering, um, well, the really great thing about a California balsamic, no matter how much you order, it's just one shipping charge. Um, and then the other thing is they have those great sales. So now I just, I wait for the sales and I make a plan. Um, so I'm able to get from sale to sale and really benefit. And if you have other, you said you don't know, I feel so bad. You don't have anybody in your circle <laughs> eats this way, but even people that eat differently, I've given California balsamic as gifts to people that eat the standard yes. American diet and they still love it. So the point I'm trying to make is you can get a group of friends or coworkers and place that order, you know, and oh, then, I mean, gosh, if shipping's $9.99 or whatever it is, and you got like 20 people, it's like 50 cents, you know? Right. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Yep. That's, that's, cause that's what we do a lot up here, but also we're lucky once in a while we get to see Thomas in person because he doesn't oh. live far. So there's no shipping when that happens. <laughs> you Not right. That's amazing. Just buy it. So um, there's a question from a live viewer named T. Did you drink coffee while you were losing weight? So... <laughs> Kind of like oil, I could give you a whole dissertation on my wonderful coffee choices. So um, yes, I, I'll just be quite frank and admit, I do drink coffee. I drink coffee, my coffee is black. I really enjoy my coffee. Um, it was it was one of the things when I first started the program that it was not considered the worst sin. Um, so if there were other things to work on, like I've that like my sugar, my oil, flour, um, alcohol and salt, I felt were more important. So those, I did work on those. I did do a couple, have done a couple of experiments where I've eliminated coffee. And um, that was a very interesting process. And I'm glad that I did it. And I may do it again. I drink probably, it's not even one cup of black coffee. Um, so again, I, I don't feel like it's my worst sin. Um, I may get back to getting off coffee again, though. Great question. Right. Well, one of the reasons that I think the viewer is asking not so much for weight loss, if it had an effect, but uh, you had mentioned acid reflux. So I know oh, that yep. sometimes the GI doctors say that if you have acid reflux, right. you don't have caffeinated coffee. And for me, that didn't, it didn't have an impact one way or the other, um, which was very interesting. It, I believe it really was the food and what was going on in my microbiome that was causing that astro, acid reflux on, on the sad diet. Nice. So, you know, there's a saying relapse is part of recovery. And you mentioned you had, I don't even like the word relapse because it sounds like you did something wrong. It sounds right. so medical. So what I like to say is you have these snacksidents where you right. snack and it's probably by accident. What advice do you have for people that have those and to get back on track? That's a great question. And that's a really hard question. Um, I think at different times I've relapsed and, and probably different things have helped to get me on track. Um, the one thing that I, I try to do now is to have grace about it and really think about what it was that happened that got me off plan and try to think of it more like an experiment. So try trying not to get as emotionally and engaged. I think sometimes when we have slips, trips, or falls, we can be really hard on ourselves, especially women. Um, and if we're hyper conscientious, we can be really hard on ourselves. So I think giving ourselves grace, trying to treat it more like an experiment. Some people will say the first thing you do is you eat a vegetable or eat, you know, something to the left of the red line to get you back on track. Um, if 
you have a circle of people that you can go to, just going to them. Sometimes folks that don't eat this way will say, oh, it's okay, you know, you got to have a little something sometimes. And those of us that deal with food addiction or know that we can't moderate certain foods knows know that it can be a different trigger for us. Yeah, absolutely. Did you do a what I eat in a day for people? I did a couple, some of those pictures. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But is it, is it something that, uh, that like you change maybe the starch, the vegetable, the fruit, but it's pretty consistent, would you say? I will eat the same thing for days, even for the same meals. And then all of a sudden I'll just, I'll just know I need to change. So for example, I prior previously, I was eating a salad for breakfast every day and I would change it up by having different vegetables in it or changing the balsamic. And I'll do that probably for like a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden I was like, yeah, I'm just not feeling like salad. So right now I'm on zucchini. So I had zucchini for breakfast yesterday. I had zucchini for breakfast. Um, I'm on a rice jag right now. It's a combination of wild rice, brown rice, and jasmine rice. And um, so I'll have zucchini, then I'll have zucchini and rice um, as a follow-up. And then for dinner, I might do something different. I might grab a soup, or if I'm just still on that jag, I'm, I might have that, or I might have a potato. So I generally stay, I can stay on the same thing for a while. And then all of a sudden I'll want to switch to something else. Are you able to get the variety of sweet potatoes where you live that I talk about a lot, like the Hannah yams, the Japanese and the Hawaiian? No, unfortunately, no. And it's like one of those things that I need to spend some time digging in because I think I could probably get the mail ordered, um, but I just haven't figured that out yet. It'll probably be like the Breville or the California balsamics. Once I figure it out, I'll be, it'll be one of my top tools. Nice. I love that you talk about this idea that Dr. Lyle has always talked about running an experiment. And that's why if people try this program for 30 days, they can try it as an experiment and, and just do it to the best of their ability and see if it works for them. Absolutely. If you're not living your best life, like what do you have to lose? It's, you know, it's a, it's a month, it's a, it's a short trial and, um, and I think you even offer a money back. Um, yeah, two week money back for, guarantee. Yeah, try for like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Um, you may, and that was kind of my approach was what was the worst that's going to happen? And I feel like I've stumbled on, um, you know, I, I hate to kind of say life-changing and life-saving, um, but there's so many great aspects to eating this way. Things that have come out of it that were, completely unexpected. And uh, so I'm so appreciative of being introduced to it. Well, I'm so glad that you opened that email. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so you meant, you know, but you live in New York. There, there's got to be meetup groups. I'm just saying like, it, it seems like there might be somebody that eats even somehow similar to you somewhere. Cause I feel bad that you don't have, and not that you don't have support. It sounds like your husband and your friends are supportive, but have you ever met any like-minded people? I have not. I actually I live up in the Adirondacks, so I'm about an hour and a half north of Albany. Um, it takes me quite quite a ways to, to quite a while to get anywhere. Um, what I am super appreciative of is just being in the different um, your programs. There are groups of like minded people that I've been able to find and make some con some connections that way, um, which has been incredibly helpful. I've met some amazing people. That's great. Do people eat your food? They do. Um, 
it, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, um, so I, I introduced my one of my nephews to Brussels sprouts. He had never eaten Brussels sprouts. Now it's his favorite vegetable. Um, I introduced folks to the roasted red peppers and they're just over the moon about that. Um, some of the things that I make there, everybody's a sad eater. So they're used to so much salt and, um, some of those other and fat and other things, it's, it's not to their palate, but what's really wonderful is folks are willing to try and, you know, they're willing to add things and change things. So I am fortunate that I have a really supportive group of friends and family. Nice. Well, have they noticed the change in you? You seem happier. You smile more yes. on the pictures that are on the right. Yes. Yes. They definitely notice uh, a difference. And, um, it's, it's just so, I, I feel like I'm just more involved, not only in their lives, but just um, living a better life and giving back to the, to the world and the community. So, yeah, well, you know, I don't know if you know this because you've never been on the show before, but every guest that comes on Chef AJ Live, if they live in the United States for the first time, gets two free bottles of California balsamic and the flavor of their choice. Have you tried jalapeno lime yet? The newest flavor? I have not tried that yet. What do you put that on? On that, that I put on salads. Salads, okay. But the the thing that I mostly put on starches would be the smoke, the dark ones, the smoke hickory, the teriyaki, and the sweet heat. Yeah. So sweet heat's the one I travel with, just because it, you know, I just covers a spectrum. (laughs) Exactly. Somebody lives in the Finger Lakes in New York. Is that near you? It's not that. So that's a little bit more out west, which is again another just beautiful area. Ah, that's I just so you know you mentioned how you know to have grace with yourself and that that you you had shame uh, for from having the excess weight and you know that that it seems like a lot of people feel that way you know and I I don't know how to help people with that you know I send people to Dr. Lyle but you know I think people need to know that if you're overweight it's pretty much not your fault you were genetically hardwired to prefer the sofas sugar oil flour alcohol salt and the fact that you eat them and like them is you're doing what you were designed to do. It's just that the environment has changed so much that it's almost impossible to avoid these foods. It's, you know, that's such a great comment. And I'll, the, the shame piece I struggle with, and I, you know, I hear the words, it's not your fault. Um, and I've been able to reconcile that a little bit, but there's, there's still a part of me. And, and while I can appreciate the evolutionary process and that it's not my fault there's just like there's still that part of me that is like I'm the one who's eating what I'm eating and so like it I still quite honestly struggle with it's not my fault well yeah I get it um but how about this it's not your fault but it's your responsibility to make different choices now that you know (laughs) (laughs) but what I mean is it's really not your fault that you want to eat these foods right I mean, if you didn't, there would be something wrong with you. And that's why that's why I've always been a big fan of controlling the environment. Do you right. have to make a non-compliant food for your husband? I don't know what your husband eats, but do you have to cook his food at, at the same time or? I don't have to. Um, and I'll be quite honest. And I, I was lucky when I first started eating this way. It was I was just trying to to kind of lessen my exposure to non-compliant food. And so he likes to cook. And so he would cook all of his own, pretty much all of his own food. I really didn't cook non-compliant food. Um, as we've moved forward, I do, I will cook non-compliant food now. Um, but I, I generally, 
kind of, I moderate it. I'm not going to book anything that's going to be triggering for me. Yeah. Generally. That's the other thing. Cause what's a trigger for one is not like we, we, I forget what show recently we talked about that, but um, I, I think it was the show with John Pierre. There are certain things like, for example, like I always thought these were disgusting as much as I love sugar. They're called circus peanuts. It's like a candy. That's like an orange. Oh, candy. Yeah. I just yeah. thought those were so disgusting as I did this thing called peeps that they sell at Easter. Oh yeah. So yeah. you could, you could give me truckloads of that in my house and I'm, I'm not going to eat them because I hate, I never liked them. Right. But if you put like, I don't know, like a Cinnabon here, that's going to be a problem right. example. Well, I, we must be kindred spirits. My husband loves candy. So he can, he'll like sour patch kids and all that stuff. And so that can be in the house. And I'm oh, like, it's gross. Oh, I, I, sweet tarts, sour patch kids, Twizzlers. Ugh. So yeah. Give me, give me 12 Cinnabons and I'm going to have a party all by myself. That's the thing, because everybody has different triggers. So it's more important for people to know theirs because it, I, I mean, I would never touch I ugh, just the thought of right. a sickly, sweet and sour chemically taste. So, so that's, uh, that's important too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you really, I mean, I know you have a job like in the real world, but like you really, you could coach people. I mean, you really understand these principles. And what I love is that, you know, you, you, you didn't just take reboot, reboot once. I think you mentioned four times and you're going to be coming back a fifth time with Susanna and many of the others right. that have featured this week because I think uh, it's helpful for people to know that repetition is the mother of skill and that you generally don't learn something I mean maybe there's some people that can learn the principles once and do them implement it right. and that but most of us need that community which you know with reboot you get the supportive community moderated by Zena and sometimes also Pam if there's enough uh, students yeah. in the class but do you you I know you mentioned you can't watch me live during the week because you work but the the sessions with Dr. Lyle Dr. Goldhammer they're on Sundays I'm sorry, say that again. The sessions, the live sessions, the three-hour sessions we have with the doctors, the Q&As. I'm sorry, life's happening a little bit behind me. The Q&A, the live sessions. You know, you know, because the, the reboot is delivered 30, 30 days right. module every day. So you can be anywhere. But the Q&As, which are live and, of course, recorded, those happen on Sunday. Yeah, those were, uh, a bit, those are amazing. And what great access to Dr. Lyle and, and Dr. Goldhammer, those, um, just amazing information and being able to interact live is just such a privilege. And then also with the reboot program, I just love the fact that I can go back in and I can replay those over and over again. Um, so if they're, and again, I just, again, I think wherever we are in our journey, um, you know, something will trigger and I'm like, oh, okay, that's right. I need to focus on that or think about that. I haven't thought about that in a while. Um, so that's a great um, access for us. You know, you mentioned that it was chips. I think you called them kettle chips. I guess that's a name brand. Yeah. Oh, are they actually Cape Cod kettle chips? Okay. Oh, excuse me. Well, so so I'm pretty sure that's uh, salt, fat, mm -hmm. the potato. I, they don't. Do they put sugar on them? No, no. It's just just oil and potato and salt. Right. And so, I mean, these may not taste exactly the same, but have you ever heard of the Mastrad? It's just a little, I mean, you don't have to get that tool, but they have ways to make really crunchy chips in the microwave. Yeah, I've seen that and I haven't done that. I, I think the best thing from, I will overeat them. Um, so I think sometimes I try to be abstinent on things. Um, 
But that certainly when I think good, better, best, I probably should rethink that thought process because that would be a better choice than. Um, right. and, and they take literally minutes, like just a yeah. couple of minutes to make in the migraine. You may not be as triggered by them because without the fat and the salt, you're basically eating a potato. Right. That, that's true. Hmm. Yeah. Think about yeah. that one. So chips, chips were your, is, are your kryptonite then, huh? Yes, they are. Yeah, I, I guess I'm lucky. I never got into things that were salty, but things that were sweet and fatty, that's the, mm-hmm. that's the combination. You know what I love, that I love so everything about Dr. Lau, but one of the things that I learned from him is that we never were meant to activate the taste of sugar and fat, sugar and salt, fat and salt, sugar, fat and salt in the same mouthful of food. And everything that people struggle with is some combination of sugar, fat and salt. That yes, that he has so many words of wisdom. That is definitely one that I've I've thought about in some of my trigger foods for sure. Yeah. I love how you just embraced eating to the left of the red line and just knew knew that you could just eat as much as you want if you were eating the right food because people they still don't think that they can lose weight without counting calories, carbs, points, weighing and measuring their food on a plate. Well, one of the things that um attracted me to eating this way was that we could eat as much as we wanted. <laughs> and so, you know, being a volume eater, that was certainly attractive for me. And then as we started digging in and it was sofas free, I thought to myself, holy smokes, what have I gotten myself into? Um, but then when I just kind of embraced it and tried to dig in and figure them out, it was, um, it certainly turned the tide for me. Yeah. Did you ever um, consider any kind of drastic weight loss ideas, you know, like surgery or pills or injections? No, 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 that was not, nope, that didn't cross my mind. That's great. Well, because, you know, I think about, you know, um, recently they discovered that Lisa Marie Presley, the autopsy showed she died of scars from gastric bypass surgery. And what's really interesting to me is that when you eat this way, it's like, gastric bypass surgery, because instead of making the tummy smaller, so you'll feel full on less, you make the food bigger. So you feel full on more, but calorically dilute foods, you know? Absolutely. I love calorie density, man. That just changed my life. Thank you, Dr. Barbara Rolls. So (laughs) somebody wants to know, did you use the scale? We know you didn't use the scale to weigh your food, but I guess she means like to weigh yourself. I am I am a scale addict, have been a scale addict. Um, and, you know, I love John Pierre's phrase that scales are for fishes. Yeah. And um, I did, uh, um, do- and Dr. Lyle suggests uh, weighing ourselves once a month for three days in a row. Um, John Pierre suggests just throwing it out. Um, and everybody has a thought. It's kind of like your, where do you get your coffee from? Everybody has a thought process about the scale. Um, I am a scale addict. I did do experiments where I eliminated the scale for a period of time, or I would, I would weigh only weekly and I would weigh monthly. Um, and right now I'm, I haven't gotten on the scale in a couple of months. So I'm not sure exactly where I'm at. Again, I was focused on um, training for a half marathon. So my eating was, I was eating more calories um, and I really wasn't, my focus was not weight loss at that time. So right now I'm not using the scale, but I have been known to be a daily weigher. Yep. And um, Dr. Lyle calls that scale monkey. And Marlary said, how did you get into half marathons and are you doing more of those now? So um, I had always had the goal of doing a full marathon by the time I was 30, by the time I was 40, and by the time I was 50. And um, I am 53. 
And early in the year, I was like doing a full marathon is absolutely crazy at this point in my life. So I set a goal um, in January to do a half marathon just to see how it was. And I did my first half marathon in May and um, had and looked and researched other marathons and just completed another one in Vermont last weekend. And I have one scheduled uh, in October. How I've always been a walker. I had that goal to do the full marathon. I've done the half marathons. And I think at the end of this year, I'm going to try to figure out, is this something fun that I want to do, continue to do? Um, so that was kind of, I'd, I'd had that long-term goal in the past turn it into a half marathon. And that's kind of where I am right now. When you're not training for a marathon, is there a particular type of movement you like to do? I, I like to walk. Um, my, and my husband and I pretty much walk every morning together. So that's, um, that's like a special time, but, you know, I feel like it's a special time for us to spend together. Um, I will tell you now, um, being down, um, you know, I kayaked a couple of times last week, um, where I, we live on a fortunate to live on a lake. I've been in the water a lot swimming. Um, so my activity is, I, I have, I feel like I have more freedom to do more activity with, um, the weight off. So I, I, I'll pretty much, I'll try anything. Walking is my favorite thing to do. What has been the best part of losing 60 pounds? Wow. That's a great question. Do you have the calm, stable brain that we talk about? Yeah, the calm, stable. I think they're, I'm living my best life. I, you know, I, I, I feel like I wasn't really living. I, I, I'm, I'm living my best life now. I, I have, I have more confidence. Um, The shame, there's still shame with the weight, um, but that is less. Um, I, I, I just feel like I have a full life in front of me. I'm not focused on weight. I'm focused on enjoying life and spending time with people. Did other people in your family ever struggle with weight or do any of your friends struggle with weight? Yes. Um, in my family, my mom, um, would say that she, um, never lost the baby weight. So there was, um, so she carried some weight. My dad gained weight and um, my sister and just about everyone around me um, is they're, they're sad eaters. And, you know, that's. Well, I mean, you know, again, that's another reason not to blame yourself if you grew up eating that way. I know a few people that never lost the baby weight. And interesting, they never had a baby. Well, yeah, that was my, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so true. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, I look forward to having you in class again. You're, you're, you're terrific. And I think you'll just, you'll inspire people by being there and help a lot of people as I know you do in the other groups you're in. So thank you so much for what you do. Thank you, Chef AJ, for all you do. Really? Yeah. I mean, really, I just, I get just, I, I mean, I get so inspired when I talk to people like you or the people I've talked to this week, because, you know, I, I, we hear from so many people every day that struggle and I get it, but you know, there is hope. There is hope. What do you say to people that think, think that there's no hope that they can lose weight, you know, because these are the people that we need to sign up because registration closes tomorrow. The ones that are on the fence. If my, first of all, have grace that, you know, clearly, you know, so many of us 
are there or have been there. Um, so give yourself grace. And what's the worst that's going to happen? I mean, it's, you know, give it a try. What is the worst that's going to happen that you, you choose not to eat this way, or you just may stumble upon something that could be life-changing. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you know, Esther Loveridge, she lost 140 pounds. She's watching live and she said, there is hope. Keep the faith. And she didn't do it. Oh. Just, you're in your fifties. She didn't do it till she was 72 years old. I had a client once it didn't start till she was 90 guys. It's never too late, but if you don't sign up for the program, I don't know. I'm going to be able to help you. You got it. You got to take action. You got to do something. So true. Do something. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. Well, you have a terrific day and some people are coming back at two o'clock for the Dugathon. If not, please come back tomorrow at 11 a.m. for Ruth Morley. She's in her 70s, follows a whole food plant-based SOS free diet and is a backpacker and she's going to show us how to do that. Well, do, do you do anything like, well, you do the marathons, but do you do anything right. like backpacking or any of these? Extreme- I haven't done that yet. So I'll have to tune into that one. Well, who knows? All right. Thank you so much, darling. Thank you. you. Bye, everyone. Take care, everyone. Have a great Sunday. Bye-bye.